Rank Draft Trade. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade podcast. I'm your hostess, Gina Noble. You can find me on the X at NobleG underscore FF. And we are back to the Nick and Noble show this week. And of course, Mr. Nick James, also known as Iowa in the NFL on the X. <laughs> Nick. Say hello to your friends, family, fans, phalanges. I, I don't think there's a the or a the in front of X. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what we're implying I, here. You know what? I'm making it a thing. <laughs> I'm actually making it a thing because I just don't want to say the X. Because it's, it's kind of lame otherwise, like just X. Mm-hmm. I like the X. There's a lot of X's, but then there's the one that stabbed you, and that's the X. Uh, <laughs> yeah, X's and O's. <laughs> I think, Elon, if you're listening, you should add the in front of X. But not an E in front of the X, because then we just, you know, then it's a whole nother mm, website. Yeah. Yeah. And just one X. <laughs> just one. Yeah, not three. <laughs> and then we're really getting into a different place. <laughs> we're uh, getting into uh, a similar place this episode. Oh, so this is... What when our friend Papa Bear Claw Mike is not here, but this is the part of the draft that and and maybe Mike would reconsider this after doing this draft, but this is where he would call these players the sexy middle. <laughs> the sexy 40 to 60s range. Right. So, you know, Mike's got a little cougar in him. <laughs> yeah. Him and Zach Wilson in a competition. Best friends. So, uh, if you've been listening to our previous uh, couple of shows, we have been doing a mock draft that if you were drafting your fantasy team next year, this is how we would be drafting those players. So, today, we're going to be discussing draft positions 49 through 78. Two. Oh, so close. <laughs> I was like, I'm pulling this number right out of my butt. <laughs> I could hear the hesitation. 49 through 78. I was hoping you would, you would jump in there and finish my sentence, but you failed me. Nope, nope, I'd let you fail. You're like, I want to see how bad she screws up. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, I had uh, happiness at your expense. Thanks, Nick. Yes, you're welcome. Just friends. <laughs> So, 72? 72, because that is three times 24. Oh, don't make me do. My math does not math. And we are drafting the next 24 of the top 120. I gotta be honest. This was the least sexy group of players I've ever drafted. I mean, at one point, the word gross was used. And actually, several times after that, the word gross. More than one point. Yeah. This is tough. Did you think this was tough? It's really difficult at this point because, like, before it was like you're splitting ties and you're like, eh, it depends on this. Now it just, like, your value might just crater. It depends. Or you might be worth quite a bit more than this. Or how are we valuing what's probably just next year and then almost nothing after that? What's that worth? So there's a lot of different perspectives that'll put these players in different orders when you're looking forward as of right now just because you don't know what happens in the NFL draft 
in free agency and how training camps go. There's a lot of time in between now and then. But what we're doing is we're, we're looking forward to trying to think, as of right now, this is how I feel I will feel next year. So like when you're trading away players trying to win now or when you're trading four players in a rebuild, maybe this will give you a better perspective of what you can expect from these various players you might be exchanging in trade. Yeah, so I think the reason this is tough is because, I mean, we all have recency bias. And so some of these players are either not performing as well as we'd like to see. Maybe there's quarterback issues on the team, maybe injury, maybe age, lots of different factors. Some people may be surprised by some of these names that fell all the way down here. But we're thinking about this time next year when we're drafting a team. Mm -hmm. So you got to keep that in mind. I maybe was excited about one of my picks. Maybe one. (laughs) At least one was Purdy. Yeah, but I'm not even really all that excited about him. Mm-hmm. He's just pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go ahead and, and kick it off. What we did for this, because we didn't have Mike for this draft, he would have been in the third position. Nick and I just went back and forth taking turns. So I went first, he went second, I went third, he went fourth, and we just went back and forth as such. So dead giveaway, Nick just mentioned, you know, the, the first pick was pretty, mm-hmm. was pretty good. Maybe it's pretty bad. I don't know. He was there. <laughs> I guess I'll take a quarterback here. (laughs) I don't, I'm going to defer to you for this. I've always kind of been just like against Brock Purdy being successful just because I watched the Hawkeyes destroy him. He went to Iowa State. This is not a guy I want to be caught touting, you know, but like dad runner, for example, has always been super high on Purdy and he has exceeded any and all expectations I would have had for Purdy. I tried and did successfully sell Purdy in a ton of places this off season and unsuccessfully in places and now I'm playing him. He's the average QB 14 as of right now. The last few weeks haven't been as good, even though the week right before the bye was pretty decent, but we're looking forward to next year. The 49ers, Shanahan, he's pretty as Shanahan's precious toy that he says is better than Jimmy G and Lance. So I kind of feel like he's not just going to throw that out the window next year. So there's a really good chance it's still pretty next year. I mean, the bar's not really high there though. Whatever the bar is, it's higher than whatever Sam Darnold is reaching, who is his current backup. True. Looking forward, Purdy. I'd imagine it's going to be fine. The system's pretty decent. Purdy. Pretty decent. We drafted CMC already. Yeah. Why do you like him? Because he's catching passes. Well, Purdy's probably going to be the one throwing him. Mm. So if you're taking a QB here, we're in what would be pick 49 of what will 72 that we'll do today. This is a young one who's a starter who's been doing well and is a high end QB two. Should he have already been drafted? Eh. So I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. And I'm really glad you did because the last thing I want to do is pick an Iowa State quarterback. Well, you're welcome. You know what? That's what friends are for. <laughs> like at this round or this this stage of a draft, if I'm taking risky players or chances, especially in a super flex, which we're assuming this is when we're picking in this mock draft, of course, I would like to have a viable starting quarterback. So I would much rather take a chance 
chance on, you know, a mediocre quarterback who's probably going to put up more points than these other guys at this point. Maybe a few of them may, maybe some of the rookies get better. Mm -hmm. But he's undoubtedly younger than them, regardless if he scores the same or slightly less. Yeah. So I was okay with it. I just didn't have like a loving, like, oh, I'm so excited to make this pick. It was just kind of like, I feel like this is the responsible pick. Mm -hmm. There's only one Amon. True. And he's been gone (laughs) since what? The first round. second round? I don't know. But the original Amon, Stefan Diggs, is who I selected with this next pick. And I kind of feel like I probably sniped Noble. I don't know. Noble, did you digs it? Well, yeah, I did digs it. But, like, I'm looking at because we we use rankings, Nick, the rank draft trade rankings. And so we always have that sheet to look at. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a hot (laughs) minute. Diggs is all the way down here. So I definitely saw him coming back to me. And I'm like, okay, you're going to play like that i'm gonna play right back mm. i got my own little snipes in there uh-huh yep yeah, we'll get we'll get to them i was thinking well we took tyreek last episode in the top 48 towards the end Diggs is right behind him in overall and average and he's just as old so he's also in a usually good offense with josh allen as his quarterback and he's still under contract so i guess they could trade Diggs. there was like that whole little they're friends. They're not friends. Best pals. Nothing's wrong. Something's wrong. Nothing's wrong this offseason. But Diggs has an out in 2025, which would be a massive amount of dead. So unless he's like somehow traded or something, that's still going to be him and Josh Allen next year. And what is that good for the wide receiver three as of right now? So all's good. I, I digs it. It's against my motto where I'm trying to build now and in the future. And if I'm drafting in 2024, this is probably more more of a now and not so much in the future pick, but it's that the now is like top five, top three. At what point is it worth it? I feel like here there's still a lot of things that need to happen for the younger guys we're going to pick for the rest of this draft where Diggs is like one of the best, if not the best in a given week. So you're just drafting younger guys you hope can either be sustainable value or maybe eventually get to that. This is it right now helping you win next year. So at the end of every rookie draft at the end of the first round you're always picking wide receivers you see it every single year there's a bunch of wide receivers will go at the end of the first you have a chance to reload as a contender at wide receiver so if you're going to be old at one position i would rather be like you know what i'm going to go ahead and stick tyreek or Diggs there for a short while and next year at the end of the first i'll draft another one or or i'll manage because there's so many other wide receivers out there stefan Diggs is is a set and forget so he absolutely is an instant top five so it is important not to overlook, and and that's why Tyreek did end up in the draft last week. Because it would just be crazy if Tyreek was still sitting here with these guys. Mm-hmm. But they're set and forget. They're not long-term players because they are getting older, but they are big assets to your team. And they will be next year, especially wide receiver over running back, you know, more risk for injury, all that good stuff. All right, so next pick is back to me, and I did go with Jackson Smith in Jigba, JSN. Like a boss. I did. So JSN was pretty hyped going into this season. Didn't really know, you know, wide receiver three on that offense. So we have Metcalf and Lockett over in Seattle, your wide receiver one and wide receiver two. Metcalf has recently been plagued with some injury and has not played in some games. And oh, 
all of a sudden, JSN, cream rise into the top. Definitely have seen some of his potential. Lockett is no spring chicken. How old is Lockett? Is he, he's gotta be getting close to 30. Very. Okay. Especially compared to JSN, who is only 21 years old. Right. But as of right now, Lockett is 31. Oh, so obviously this, the sun is setting. Yes. So JSN's gonna move up in that position. That's definitely a player. Maybe a little frustrating this year, but next year he's gonna be good. He's definitely somebody that I will be targeting. He's not gonna go this late. He's gonna go way sooner. Possibly, especially if he continues the streak that he's currently on where three weeks in a row he's over 10 fantasy points. Granted, two of those were touchdowns and Metcalf being a little dinged. Oh. Obviously Metcalf's gonna be there going forward, but still, I really thought even last week week when we're talking with the Puka debate that Jason still could have like an on or off finish to mm -hmm. the end of the season yeah. where it's like he's not a whole lot initially but then you know guess what he's a rookie wide receiver in the first half of the season sometimes rookie wide receivers don't pop yet but then they do by the end of that and then never stop popping after that like Pringles. Pringles. Once you pop you can't stop. <laughs> So there's that possibility with JSN and you can kind of see like the little arc starting now potentially and we'll see what happens after that as far as uh, going forward. As of right now, love it. It's 21 years old. You could be wrong two years in a row and then him break out and he'll be as young as some rookies you're drafting that year. So, yep, cool JSN. Yep. The next one might be the Pits. I don't know. Not not quite. No. Not quite. It was previously the Pits man. Pits man. No, it's like uh, there's probably some kind of NASCAR reference in there involving Pittman. The Pitman. Now he's changing tires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Went from changing tires to being wide receiver ones, Michael Pittman. <laughs> I know. You know, he's a guy I don't have a lot of because in the past, I didn't like him. Oh, he, he's got a quarterback issue right now, though. Yeah. I mean, like his quarterback issue before was the fact that it was a uh, rushing QB with limited passing abilities, and then that person got hurt, and now it's the stash. <laughs> and guess what? He's snapped throughout. Didn't matter. Doesn't matter how sucky his quarterbacks are. He's an alpha. He may have been pit boy previously, but <laughs> he is fully embraced pit man now. <laughs> pit man. He is pit the man. Yes. At least for the Indianapolis Colts, this is uh, what you can be excited about if you are a fan of them. He's currently totaled to the wide receiver 11, but his average is like uh, wide receiver 18 as of this recording. This has been good so far when the expectations were probably lower than this going into the season. He's exceeded those. He's got a bye week coming up, but if he snaps here at the end of the season, gets to play against like Atlanta and the Raiders, he could be one of the players that wins you your fantasy league and then you love him even more even though he's not worth more next year for it. Love me some Michael Pittman. One of the wide receivers I love to have is my wide receiver one if I just waited on wide receiver for a while. Yeah, he's an interesting player because I don't, like he is a wide receiver one, but I feel like he tends to go late in drafts. Yep, he was undervalued. Like, people just don't want to like him. <laughs> yep, yep, and he does nothing but either catch touchdowns or go over 10 fantasy points. So, he's only been under 10 fantasy points once this season so far. This is all reliable with a good enough ceiling where it's like 18, 19, 20 points, so. He would be a great auction target, auction draft target. Because you can get him a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Unless you've got an Indianapolis Colts fan drafting with you. Mm-hmm. Well, now I live in Nashville and everyone's a Titans fan. Yes. Your pick here was also someone who is perpetually undervalued and exceeds those expectations. Yes. Yeah, so I went Brandon Ayuk. He's been a little frustrating as of lately for whatever reason. He's just not getting targeted. It isn't because the guy isn't talented and can't go out there and put up a million fantasy points. He did it in what? Week one? Was that the week that he was like just blew up? Yep, he did. He scored over 32 points, over 100 yards, eight catches, two touchdowns. But he has been, it's been frustrating to watch because all the potential is there. And I am going to (laughs) die on the hill that Ayuk is worth having on your fantasy team, but it is frustrating. He's a little bit of, he's great to have on a best ball team, but a little frustrating to have on any other team because of his ups and downs. I don't know. Like it was, he missed week three and then uh, week two, he sucked week five. He scored under 10, but then he's been 10 or more every other week. Even these last few weeks, four and five catches enough to get up to 10, 11, 15 points. So it hasn't been like you said, week one, 32 points, big game, hundred yards, but there was also pretty ding for half a game. And there were some other little things going on there, but still he's currently the wide receiver 14 by average. And I just picked Pittman who's wide receiver 18 by average. You can start poking holes in it like all of the 49 through 72, but what you have seen has been better than a lot of these other guys. These other guys have more holes. Debo's been out. And so typically when your wide receiver one goes out, no, you can argue, okay, well then the coverage is going to go to Ayuk because Debo's out. Mm -hmm. Usually you see a larger volume going to that wide receiver two who has to sort of fill in the gaps. And instead, instead they're throwing it to Juwan Jennings. Yep. Why? Like what is happening? No. Where's Ayuk? Mm -hmm. It leaves no one on Ray Ray cloud nine. Oh, and then there's Ray Ray (laughs) McLeod. Like, And I literally, I'm watching that game and I was yelling at the top of my lungs. I'm like, I am officially a crazy person, only winning by a tiny bit. And I was seeing that shrink and the other guy had Kittle and I had Ayuk and I'm like, McCloud, like what? Yeah, I think it might be easier to interpret what happens like with Debo going down that maybe it's even makes Ayuk's life more difficult because Debo kind of plays a non-wide receiver one on an offense role for the 49ers and Ayuk is going to play the wide receiver one role on an offense regardless of whether Debo's there or not, even though if Debo scores more. So with Debo out, then it's easier to maybe focus on Ayuk or Kittle or take away one or the other. So still younger than Diggs by a lot, for example, who we've already taken. So I can't hate it. And yeah, you did kind of go on a streak of 49ers there. Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I end up with four. <laughs> Yep, yep, a whole bunch of all of them. Just like I'm a 49ers fan now, which last week you were a Lions fan. Well, that and I next am. pick I picked Jared Goff. <laughs> Felt like I kind of sniped you again. You did because I looked at him, but then I didn't. I was like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to go quarterback, quarterback. Like I want to talk about somebody different. And then I <laughs> thought for sure, I'm like, there's no way Nick is taking Goff, and I'm like, bastard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I just want to see her gag. Mm, no, I don't gag anymore. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff. 
Olaf has proved mm-hmm. worthy. Mm-hmm. I don't gag anymore. I actually mm-hmm. owe him an apology. He's proven that he's worthy. Although each time I've used him in a lineup, <laughs> I'm like, you're gag worthy this week. <laughs> it's my karma. It's karma. All right, Goff, I forgive you. And then it's week seven versus the Ravens. Eight points. A hundred percent. I think I played him that week. I'm not even joking. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? This is karma. I get it. I get it. Nope. This is a QB 14 by average, QB 12 overall. There's definitely holes in all the other quarterbacks you're taking after this. I mean, like, there was worry at first with the Lions getting Goff that maybe it's, like, temporary and then they eventually get the next QB. But Goff's done nothing but enough. And I don't know. It just seems like that whole environment there, it would be weird for them to replace Goff. So I kind of feel confident about him at least next year and then probably good enough going forward. And he's not old like a Cousins who's 34. So, yep, Jared Goff, you're supposedly the Detroit Lions fan. So, yep, sniped again. Yep, snipe. So, next pick, I just couldn't let him sit there any longer. Austin Eckler, he is just a beast when he's out there. The Chargers like older players. (laughs) So, he's going to be out there. He's good. I mean, he hasn't really shown signs of slowing down. Is he at risk? He's going to be, he's 27. He'll be 28 next year. He's currently 28. He'll be 29 29. next year. I get it. He is 100% at risk of having the soft tissue injuries that are, you know, notorious for plaguing these guys and then just having ailments after that. But at this point... I'm willing to take the gamble. I don't think Eckler would make it to this part of a draft for the record, but if he does, I'm 100% taking the risk here. I look at it like Derrick Henry, one of the best RBs by average. Where did he go? I think Eckler kind of follows that same path because then he is also going to hit 29. But if you look at like averages for this year, RB5, Raheem Mostert (laughs) could be the same exact thing where he's catching passes and he's fast enough and explosive enough that he lasts into his 30s as a good running back. It could happen. I don't hate the pick here. I don't want to be the one to make it. You're welcome like, again. Like, I want someone someone else to pick, make that old ball call, so. <laughs> Listen, I'll take the old balls. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not scared. <laughs> I ain't scared. <laughs> you did love your next pick, though. Uh-huh. Nah, beat me to the love pun. <laughs> Sniped you. <laughs> yep, so I just continue picking players I think Noble might like and picked Jordan Love. And it's like, ah, oh, okay, Green Bay's quarterback. So that must be it. So if I'm picking other quarterbacks, it's going to be older quarterbacks who are 30-plus, or it's going to be younger quarterbacks who are currently have, like, ACL injuries like Daniel Jones or Achilles injuries and older QBs and so it's like well this is one of the last ones who's young who's going to probably be a starter next year by the time next year rolls around are there going to be a few rookie QBs above where Jordan Love is going right now probably going to push him down a little bit from there but it's either him or like maybe Pickett who didn't even go in this draft he's flashed a higher ceiling than that considering Pickett's only thrown like two touchdowns like once ever love the Jordan variety of quarterback here for my eighth selection here Pick 56. And of course, you just turn around and snipe me right back. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Two can play this game. And I'm going to take your Hawkeye, Kittle, and I'm going to snipe you now that you snipe me like three times. So mm-hmm. take that. Yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, take that third 49er in a row. <laughs> and I'm sticking with a theme. I don't know if you can tell what my theme is. <laughs> I love how you picked Eckler for Papa. <laughs> yeah, right. I, but I did give him JSN. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I went with George Kittle. And I think he was the fifth tight end picked in our completed draft here. Yep. You can't go wrong with Kittle. Yes, he has some of those games where you're left a little frustrated. But more often than not, he gets out there and he catches passes and he's a popular target for Purdy. And, you know, I got Purdy, so I got I got the purdy Ayuk kittle stack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holy cow. I'm just going to take the whole team. 49ers go off. You are winning. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm not done yet either. <laughs> <laughs> not even done yet. But wait, there's more. <laughs> All right. Well... Taking all my Iowa tight ends, I see. Laporta, Kittle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, luckily I was able to sneak Hawk away before you could snipe him as well. You did. Yep, Kittle's about to be 30. So I'm not sure exactly where I want to slot Kittle for next year, but he's going to be one of the tight ends I want that are going to be one of the haves and the have-nots. He's going to be one of the haves, but I'm not sure exactly where I want to value him right now. I know I want him next year. Over who? Uh, I don't know. A lot of that's going to remain to be seen. Another one of your favorites next. Yep, so I picked Rashad White, someone I've hyped for a little while now. Currently the RB15 by average 11 overall. Coming off a 27-point game last week and three weeks in a row over 10 points. It was kind of a little bit of a mixed bag initially, but it's been a lot more hot recently. He's 24. Um, We're going to pick a couple other running backs that are just about this age range, and he's doing better than these other running backs we're going to pick later in the draft currently. He's still going to be on contract next year. His biggest competition is an undrafted free agent. So in Sean Tucker next to him or possibly Chase Edmonds, who was just activated recently. Yeah, it's it's looked good for Rashad White so far. I'd imagine the offense gets a little bit better next year. I was thinking they'd definitely move on from Baker, but Baker's been doing fine. But however it's sliced, it seems like it's good enough for Rashad now, and it's probably as good or better next year. So lock it in one of the running backs where I don't have to pick like old Ball Zeckler or someone who hasn't even been an RB1 or a high-end RB2 uh, recently or at all or overall. I like some Rashad White. Yeah, maybe Baker Mayfield just needed to be in warmer environments to perform. Maybe that's what it is. Go to Tampa. Go to Florida like your daughter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would like to be in warmer environments all the time. (laughs) Next pick, I was picking Pickens. When Deontay Johnson went down, George Pickens really shined. Kind of behind Johnson in the pecking order so it seems. I feel like he cooled off. Definitely. Yeah, he cooled off once Johnson came back. I'm okay with him here. He's not like a super exciting pick, but if I'm getting him as like a wide receiver three, I'm okay with him. I'm a, I'm not like super excited about him, but I'm, I'm willing to, I think he's a good enough player to have on my team. I like it. I've been higher than Pickens all the way up until about this draft. When Deontay Johnson comes back and he has multiple good games in a row and it's been at Pickens' expense, that makes me a little bit more nervous for him. But Pickens isn't even 23 
yet. He'll be just 23, turning 24 next year. So still plenty young, already flashed. You already know he's probably good. It's the head on his shoulders. It's probably a little bit of a risk because <laughs> it seems like a little dramatic. Like, I'm going to unfollow the Steelers because I didn't have a good game with Deontay Johnson back getting his first touchdown since two seasons ago. Wait, I missed this. Did he say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he unfollowed the Steelers and something, something. Oh my I don't know. God, social media. Uh, and Antonio Brown is the, the comparison with any Steelers wide receiver who has any kind of drama whatsoever. Crazy Town Brown is back in a different form. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's all nitpickings because at the end of the day, <laughs> he's still under 23, young and flashed. So whatever, the extra stuff is just whatever. I think he's a worthy investment on a dynasty team. This seems like a perfectly fine place to take him. Yeah, picking pickings. Pickens flowers. <laughs> <laughs> They've been wilting. <laughs> yeah, I've been wilting a little bit. Uh, next pick, I pick Zay Flowers. And I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> because he was there. I know. I was like, he just kept lingering. And I'm like, eventually, if Nick doesn't take him, which I really hope Nick takes him, I'm just going to take him. But I have I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> all right. I, I'm, being, uh, I'm being dramatic just because it hasn't been really good recently. And of all the rookie wide receivers, he's been like the low performer recently. But that was the opposite case to start the season it where it looked was. like, holy cow, Zay Flowers is the best wide receiver in this class. Coming out and immediately snapping. He's still got Lamar with him there. Disappointing to see him struggle versus like the Cardinals and the Seahawks where you think that's an exploitable defense. And then we're about to have Cleveland Browns, which is probably not going to be that great either. It's also coincided with OBJ getting healthy. And then he finally caught his first touchdown as a Raven. And then Bateman was doing more than Zay Flowers was. So which is really scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't complain other than the fact that there's that's not like I'm starting Bateman. Never. He's just there on teams. He's the but. annoying guy on the bench putting up a bunch of points that you never would have played. Yep. That flash at the beginning of the season, you don't usually see flashes that fast from rookies. So while there's other things moving, chain, moving parts where like OBJ is getting healthy and uh, Lamar is having one of his worst games of the year, is that all Zay Flowers? Uh, I, I, I'm still excited about Zay Flowers now and going forward. So for next year, yeah, perfectly fine with Zay Flowers. It's just, it's not been as pretty lately. I would like to point out that uh, you traded the pick for Zay Flowers for Mark Andrews and defeated one of my undefeated teams this week in that same league where you traded the Zay Flowers pick for Mark Andrews and tight end premium. I did that? (laughs) Yep, we talked about it on a previous pod. You were you traded the 1.09 for Mark Andrews straight up, and it was half point tight end premium. Pun hub. Oh, well, that was a Wait, good you trade. You traded with Zirkle. That was a good trade. That was a super good trade. I, I Wow, I don't trade that much, which is, I should remember this, but I'm over here like, did I do that? Because I never trade. Like, I am so hard. Like, I have people who will come to me and be like, I'm going to get a trade with you. Like, I just want to get a trade done. They, they would be willing to trade two complete turds just to say they traded with me. And I'm like, wait a minute, I made that trade? Because that sounds like a fantastic trade. Yep. Yeah, we, we talked about it with uh, when and how to acquire your tight ends. Just while we're on the topic, you also smashed me in another league last week, which was the pool party, which is one of my bottom teams. It's one of my rebuilders, probably. Oh, listen to him talk. Like, I smashed him, but he's like, and I'm not that good in that team. <laughs> I traded my soul with you last year, and I won pool party. Oh. I won that league. Oh. 
Okay. But I traded you like Jonathan Taylor and my first stuff for uh, like T-Law. There's another one where I traded you Nico Collins for Noah Fant. (laughs) Man, I won that. And you played Nico Collins against me and smashed me having to play Noah Fant on Kittle's bye week who scored zero. Did that burn you a little bit? Were you like, God, this hurts so bad? I was looking. I was looking. I was like, "Oh, look at all these trades! I traded you all the players you smashed me with, and all the players you traded me sucked." And this was like a year later. Oh, and Nick is like, "Man, I wish she didn't trade." <laughs> like, why did she? Why did I have to be the one she said yes to? Yeah, uh, I traded my soul for one championship. I will say, um, it's interesting because in a few of I've been doing good in a couple of leagues, but it's like you and me, like top two in several leagues mm-hmm. we're in, and I'm. I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting at the end. I'm like, dang, look at me doing good. And then I'm like, oh, Nick, he's in first. <laughs> mm-hmm. SFB 13 team that we co-drafted yeah. is currently sitting in third and 14 and four. Woo! <laughs> The copy dynasty version. My actual SFB team right now is currently sitting in 20th. So, you know, naturally we'd be doing well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, that was your halftime show. And we're halfway through this draft. (laughs) Okay, perfect. We're right on time. Okay, so after your bouquet of flowers, it's back to me. And I went with another quarterback. Don't worry. I'm picking my first non-San Fran player. And I went with Geno. Smith. I really had high hopes for Geno Smith this season, and I feel like he came out doing really well, but he's been a little lackluster as of late. I know in my Scott Fish, I have him in Scott Fish. I have Dak, Howell, and Geno because I went Kelsey in the first round, so I kind of punted quarterback position a little bit. And Geno, I've been sitting a lot more. Sam Howell, in terms of fantasy points, like sometimes when we talk about fantasy versus playing, they might be playing okay or playing better, but it doesn't always equate to fantasy points. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Gino has not been putting up the fantasy numbers to really make an impact on my team. So Dak, I've been pretty happy with as of lately, and Howell has been doing pretty well for me as well. But Gino, again, we're down in a range where I'm willing to take quarterbacks that have starting positions and have potential to have good games. I'm good with taking a risk on Gino, even though maybe he's been a little lackluster. Yeah, understandable. He's currently the QB 26 by average, so it's been gross. Yeah. He's only crested 20 like one time. Last week was his very worst week where we watched him put up like two points. Ugh. I didn't play him. God, thank God. It's been really gross as of recently with Gino, but you look at his weapons. It's like Lockett, Metcalf, JSN. He's got Charbonnet, and it just seems like he should be doing better. Yeah. So, I don't know. He's not going to face the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns every single week. So, it's going to be better than potentially that. And his schedule does lighten up at least a little bit for a small stretch. He got paid. He got a contract. So, he'll be there next year. So, as long as like they don't draft a high-end QB and then make him be Trubisky to that QB, yeah. then he'll be fine next year. So, I don't, I don't mind the pick here. Yeah, and I mean, more than likely... 
at this point. Gino is serving as a bye week fill-in. Hopefully. Hopefully I have drafted quarterbacks that I'm starting week to week and Gino's sort of a plug-in if necessary. Not probably drafting him as my one of my starting quarterbacks. Unless I really screwed up. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with him on my bench. Letting him prime and see. Like if all of a sudden he plays really well, well great. We'll give you a go. He's like QB 26 and then my pick, the next pick, is RB 26 by average in Ramondre Stevenson. He was definitely drafted as like a low-end RB1 in startups. Pretty close to that in redraft. It hasn't been the prettiest. Zeke has Mm-mm. getting more carries than you think he might deserve at this point. And just the Patriots in general haven't been very good. He's also 25. He's not 27, 28 like a lot of these other stud RBs. So when they wilt away and wither away to nothing over the next couple of years, the Rhino's still going to be there. So as long as they don't replace Zeke with something even better and take more away from Stevenson, I like him as a late-end RB2 for next year when you're going to be scraping the barrel. There's going to be rookies that are above this guy right here. And I kind of had him tiered with like Rashad White for this draft. But man, it just hasn't been pretty enough recently. Recency bias is kind of weighing heavy. But I think next year he'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, He's he definitely went high. There was a lot. Madison, Ramondre Stevenson, Pollard. All of those guys were like... Like your top running backs going into the season and, and all three of them have just been all oh, not what we wanted to see. Pollard started out great, but lately mm-hmm. it's like, can we get the running game going in Dallas? Yeah, it's been rough. And then with Madison, it's going to be shinier going forward with him with Cam Akers, Achilles. Yeah, hopefully they actually lean on him and they don't do something stupid and it's the same old song and dance. Yeah, you could almost just cue funeral music for Cam Akers. <laughs> I know. That poor guy just couldn't catch a break. Well, he did. He broke his Achilles. <laughs> I've got somewhere between 30 and 40% Akers rostered. Welcome to your very own IR spot, Cam Akers. Yeah, boo. So my next pick, I definitely sniped you on. Were you a little surprised I came up with him? Oh, yeah. Like, mm, I just want to look for somebody. Mm, maybe I'll pick his teammate. Oh, well, Nico Collins is actually I'm going to pick next and say that I found a sleeper. Okay, I'll pick Nico then. <laughs> <laughs> So Nick drops me a little hint that I think my, my next pick's going to be a sleeper. I thought Nico was already gone. I'm actually shocked. Uh-huh. Classic. Classic excuses. I did. I was like, so I went looking for Tank Dell because Tank Dell mm-hmm. has had these shining moments and definitely somebody I want. He doesn't end up going in this draft. But then Nick says, well, if you pick him, I'm definitely picking his teammate. And I was like, wait, is Nico still available? And you were like, mm-hmm. he sure is. I'm like, give me Nico. All day long, I'm taking Nico. Nico has been a huge surprise on that Houston offense. I want him. I de- I'm like excited to have him here. I've had him on a lot of teams. And like I said earlier, I traded him to you for fans in the league when I was desperate for tight end. I can't believe you're even actually admitting to that <laughs> at this point. I talk about a lot of the wins. I got to share the W's, especially when they're to the queen. You know? <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Couldn't a 
have gone to a better person. <laughs> got to share the L's. Yeah. Nico Collins, like, I've liked him for a while just because it's been like, he's the only guy there on the Texans. I was hoping he would kind of like become something sooner. And it's kind of happening now mm. with CJ Stroud putting on his best legendary rookie QB performances. Nico Collins has been a beneficiary of the Stroud experience. Currently sitting at wide receiver 15 and then Tank Dell's at wide receiver 19 by average. Mm. So they're both there and that's, you know, that's Stroud bringing them there. <sighs> Boy, Andy's young. So yeah, love me some Nico Collins. I wish I could have been the one to pull the trigger. <laughs> Thanks. Got you. <laughs> Stroud is actually a quarterback that we drafted very high in our draft. <laughs> and there was a little bit, I think Mike wasn't as crazy about him going as high. There was definitely some worry that is this too soon? Is this something where it's going to level back out to a normal rookie or is this actually someone who's going to be really, really good and he's been nothing but be really good since that point. It looks better in hindsight. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling more confident on where we picked him in this draft and he's just been such a pleasant surprise. Anybody who has him on their team is like, oh my god, I definitely hit the mega bucks. Someone who I don't have on a lot of teams, but I do have on some teams is Daniel Jones because I, like Mike, liked Daniel Jones, but anytime Mike and I were in a league, I would trade Daniel Jones to Mike. <laughs> I even have Daniel Jones... <laughs> I have Daniel Jones in one league, and his nickname is Future Papa Bear Claw. Oh my god, I love <laughs> or Future it. Bear Claw. Yeah, that was it. Because you know, inevitably, I was probably going to end up trading him to uh, Mike, but I ended up trading back for him this off season. Unfortunately, uh, especially now with an ACL, hopefully he's good to go by the time the season starts next year. They just super paid him, so he's not going anywhere. You don't have to worry about like, oh, he's hurt. Maybe no, no. If he can play, he's going to play. He's he was. Paid. So Daniel Jones next year maybe actually gets a wide receiver better than Isaiah Hodgins or Slayton or dinged up always Wandale. So or maybe he could get an offensive line that can protect him long enough to throw the ball to one of his wide receivers. Well, if you can't give him a wide receiver, give him a really good tight end wall or oh hurt. Yeah. Well, are we shocked? Are we shocked? Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, and, and that's why I wanted no part of Waller. I think I might have drafted him against my better judgment and I'm like here we go mm -hmm. it's the same song and dance mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well Daniel Jones is definitely been officially put on my do not draft list so I was mm. glad you drafted him because if you didn't he wasn't getting drafted <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, this one's for you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mike, he did this for you. I wouldn't have done this for you, but he did this for you. <laughs> Love you, but no. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, sorry, I'm picking all 49ers this draft. And speaking of 49ers, I went with my fourth 49er of this section of draft because it was a theme. <laughs> And um, I went with the currently injured Debo Samuel. Debo's just good. If he's out there, he's getting targeted. He's putting up fantasy points. You know, unfortunately, he has battled injury here and there. He's currently dinged. Hopefully, he's coming back soon. But if he's healthy, he is getting a little bit older. I think he's 27. Currently 27. will be 28 yeah. next year. Yeah. But again, I'm willing to take the risk on Debo because if he's out there, he's a viable fantasy. 
fantasy option. Mm -hmm. And I have 100 San Francisco players, so why not have 101? (laughs) Debo might just be the most overhyped from one season player of all time. Yeah, Like, he played one full season in 2021. He was the wide receiver three in PPR. He was crowned, and from that point on, it was wide receiver 40, wide receiver 53 so far this year, in total at least, and has never finished higher than a wide receiver three other than that one big season other than his first year he does cool things he he's not used like a normal wide receiver he's a gadget super gadget but for example you love mike evans mike evans has been better to have than debo samuel every single year debo's gone over mike evans almost every year yeah oh yeah for sure mike but mike evans we've talked about this mike evans is notoriously Mm -hmm. undervalued yeah i don't know debo he's ranked lower than he's gonna go just so that i don't ever have to think about drafting debo but sure yeah scoop up the rest of the 49ers you wouldn't even take a risk of him here i am still some players away like for example cooper cup's still out there he's about to be old and debo samuel who let's think rb's age out earlier like 27 28 year old now while debo's about to be 28 next year and he's a he's a hybrid player who hasn't played a full season in two years already missing games this year so but when he does play, mm. he gets enough work to where he's a must-start in fantasy. So he's tricky. It's a trade-off for me. I've just been dodging Debo. I'm not. I'm not necessarily trashing your pick. It's just he's just someone I avoid. Yeah, he's he's a complex player. There's a lot of complexity mm-hmm. to him. He's not a plug-and-play because half the time he can't be plugged. <laughs> okay, that sounded bad. <laughs> he's either plug and <laughs> he's uh, either plug-and-play or plug into your IR. One right. or the other. Well. And- and like, okay, so the advantage to having a player that's constantly injured is like you can just throw him on your your IR and he's not taking up a bench spot. Mm-hmm. And if he is okay and he's playing, then he'd be in your lineup. So mm-hmm. he's not really taking up room on your bench because he's more than likely <laughs> injured and on your IR. So yeah. that's yeah. the silver lining. Yep. <laughs> yep. And Debo plus top available free agent is his value. Correct. <laughs> plus you have an open spot on your w- roster for weekly wages. Say that 10 times Mm -hmm. fast. All right. Well, going from injured to injured. (laughs) Yeah. Kirk Cousins, done for season. Going to be a free agent next year. Didn't get a contract. Oh, Kirky. They could bring him back. He could end up on the Jets or the 49ers or the Buccaneers or any of these places. And he's going to be one of your top 16 QBs on the season. He'll be somewhere. It's a leap of faith right now because it's like he's just an IR guy. I'm not even playing him right now. He's hurt. I don't want to take him yet. I'm trying to think in the future. I think when I put myself in September he's already signed somewhere and probably going to be the starter immediately if not early in the season. Yeah he's 34 but this is you know still younger than like Rogers who we're still going to eventually draft so. Yeah. 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 Nobody wants to be married to cousins especially hurt cousins. It is what it is. He's probably going to be a QB two or better and we've already drafted the majority of the QBs so here if he falls I I think if he signs somewhere sweet where it's like oh you get Mike Evans and Godwin next year where do you like Cousins Eh, probably higher than this he'll probably go higher than that 
Yeah. It's a leap of faith, but yeah, I'll take Cousins here. Cousins always goes higher than I'm willing to pick him, though. But he is a pretty, mm-hmm. I mean, with the exception of his current injury status, he is always a consistent quarterback who's kind of safe, even though I hate to admit that. Like, I, he's underwhelming, but he's reliable. Mm-hmm. Reliable, but he doesn't have like, ooh, he could break out and be, it's just like, uh, if he does really well, he'll be playable pretty much all the time, but you're not like excited about something more than that. And then he continually plays at a level that is playable, even though he has no potential to be more than that. Yeah. So as a result, he's not someone I usually get very often, but who ends up outperforming guys I took instead. Right. Okay. So I got a little, a little crazy on this pick, maybe. Now, some people might be Mm -hmm. like, no, you didn't. This was a great pick. Uh, I was actually Mm -hmm. curious to see if you had any reaction to this pick. I was like, is Nick Mm going to be like, noble? I'm going to remove that. (laughs) You're going to pick again. At this point, we're not quite into the dart throws. These are risk guys, right? So risk versus reward. There's some recency bias here. I went with Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid was... Was he the top tight end in the rookie class really being taken in the rookie drafts? Yes, and he was the highest in the NFL draft as well. He was ranked higher than Laporta, for sure. He was. But they had Knox over in Buffalo, who I think was taking away from Kincaid. So Knox goes down with injury. Now it's the Kincaid show. And he has shown off. So the last two weeks, right? Because Knox went down what? He's played two weeks without Knox? Played three weeks weeks, I think, without Knox, but he was injured the week before that, and then before then, he didn't score over just nine points. It was less than that every single week, so it was really boring for Kincaid initially, but rookie tight ends take a little while to develop. Problem with Kincaid was that they paid Knox. Like, he's paid. Yeah. Like, he's gonna be there, so he was gonna get work, and it wasn't enough to really make Kincaid valuable. It's not like tight end twos and threes are valuable in fantasy football. It's just tight end one. So it was like, meh, with Kincaid. Well, as soon as Knox goes down, that changes the equation. Now he's the main tight end. And three weeks in a row, scoring over 10. This is non-tight end premium. So now you see questions flowing like, ooh, Kincaid or Laporta now? Like, which one do you like now? I I think it's still solidly Laporta. Yes. I don't know if you're that big of a Lions fan or me a Hawkeye fan to ever probably sway that opinion. (laughs) No, you're not swaying me on Laporta. Laporta is the man. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily my kink, even if he's a kinkade. What did I say he was? King? What did I call him? Kinkade? <laughs> you spelled it kinkade. I did. Like, he's someone that helps with that kind of stuff. (laughs) That doesn't look right. And and then Nick puts in the chat, kink aid. And then he puts, like, the dying laughing emoji. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God. I'm sorry. That was not correct. I'm like, yes, Mm. he is uh, not a kink aid. He's a kinkade. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, my next pick, Kyle Pitts, has been nothing but a kink deterrent this season. Oh, God. He's the anti-kink aid. If you're into tight ends, it's probably not Pitts. No. Uh, it's been the Pitts as it has always been, and I am just waiting for the day when they fire the coach and oh. then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? This tight end that we picked in the top five in the NFL draft, and you know, this running back we picked in the top ten, you know what? How about we use these guys? Uh, oh and everyone God. just says, yeah! 
whoa, that's such a great idea. How come we didn't think of that? And then all of a sudden, Kyle Pitts is being used like the legendary talent he is and breaks out. So before I go banking on Kincaid when <laughs> it's still going to be Knox there next year, I would probably rather have Pitts at this point. But Kincaid, definitely a riser. So here, back to back, right after your Kincaid pick, I went ahead and picked Kyle Pitts. Yeah, whatever. I would have taken Johnny Smith over Pitts because clearly Johnny Smith is the tight end one in Atlanta. <laughs> We're drafting for next year, but this year you're not wrong. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, I can't even believe that's coming out of my mouth. Like, what is mm. happening in Atlanta? He's the worst. Like, dude, are you trying to get fired? <laughs> it's amazing to me. It's just, it's amazingly frustrating. I just think of all of the Bijan picks out there and the mm -hmm. anger that is just flowing through people's bloodlines right now. It has to be a ticking bomb. This won't last the whole season. There's no way there can be this much public outcry at how the good players are being used for it not to eventually come to a head and something happen. That has to happen before the end of the season. There's no way, right? He is the type of person. This is this is what I'm, I'm analyzing this, right? That's what I do. I analyze things. Oh. I, well, I'm a nail tech, which means I'm an unofficial therapist. So mm, I see. There you go. Yes. Yeah, so I get see. to I get to analyze. Mm -hmm. Trust the noble nails. He is the type of person who doesn't like to be told what to do, and you're not going to point out the obvious. And he's going to automatically do the opposite of what everybody wants, even though it's not working. But he is going to, by golly, stand behind that and take it to his grave that he made the right choices just to not give everybody else the benefit of being right. Yeah, it's like he's stuck in the terrible two phase yes. where it's just like everything is, Child. no, I'm going to do something else. Yeah, like, hey, the stove is hot. Don't touch it. Yeah, well, I'm going to burn my okay. hand. No, I'm doing it right I'm now, then. It. I'm doing it, and you can't stop me. It's the only thing I can, that's the only logical explanation right now, mm -hmm. and it's ridiculous. It's like he's trying to figure out his boundaries, you know what I mean? Mom says don't cross that line, so you just put your toe on it like yeah, a little cat. Yeah, not touching you. Not touching you. Not touching you. <laughs> Stop touching your yeah. brother. Not touching you. <laughs> well, hopefully that'll get better. Boy, it's the pits. Okay. So I went with a multi, multi, multi million dollar Christian Kirk because quite frankly, Kirk is looking better than Ridley. So um, everybody banked on Ridley being the guy in Jacksonville. He's had some moments, um, but Kirk seems to be more consistently the wide receiver over there. Super not excited about this pick. It's okay. But where I'm picking him, I'm totally fine with Kirk here. Not that exciting. Beginning of the season, I didn't know really which way to slice it because Kirk finished in total as a good wide receiver last year, but it just wasn't that exciting to play him. No. It just isn't like a feel-good moment. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, this year, it's been good enough. Yeah, this is totally. the wide receiver 23 by average. You probably should have been playing him just about every week. It really is not impacting him negatively. It almost would seem like it could be positively. Yeah. I'm positively uncertain. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's see. So week one, only 1.9 points. And then from every week on, it was 13 or more points until last week right before the bye, 8.6 points. So it was just like a super hot streak there. Obviously, we love T-Law, and uh, he's young and paid, as you love to remind everyone, the multi-million dollar Christian Kirk. Beaming up rankings, Christian Kirk. Yeah, he's just like, he's fine. He's fine. I'm fine. He's fine. Everything's fine. He's not a bad guy to have on your team. Without the fire burning. Yeah, I'm like, he's not like, you don't get excited over Christian Kirk. Like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody get excited about Christian Kirk. I mean, he's a little bit of the stinky sock, you know? Like, he kind of sits around <laughs> for a little while, and then finally someone takes him, <laughs> and then you're pleasantly surprised that you're like, oh, stinky sock isn't so stinky. All I had to do is put him through the laundry and he didn't stink yeah, anymore. Yeah, totally. He seems to be perfectly fine. <laughs> Nobody wanted to wash the sock. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of uh, stinky, stinky socks. socks that people <laughs> wish they could wash and make better again, Najee Harris. Uh. <laughs> For a guy who has not done anything big this season, he's been better than nothing all the time and getting a good chunk of the work. His own teammate, Warren, is averaging more points per game than he is. Which is so weird. That's that's disappointing, though they are both <laughs> RB3s. You know, it's three weeks in a row since the bye where he's over 10 points. You know, that's kind of what you want from an RB. He's he was a, a first-round draft pick. He's on his uh, rookie deal and he's 25. He's going to be there next year. At this point, you're not picking league-winning upside top to be the best Darby selections at this point in the draft. So I looked at Najee for a while like, no, no. And I didn't want to let the top 72 go by without picking Najee. Mm. So here I pick 70. I picked Najee Harris. Stinky socks. Yeah. So if you were to go the zero zero running back in a, in Dynasty here, right? I'm looking at your three running backs, and I'm like, you know, it's not terrible. Would you go mm-hmm. zero running backs and be perfectly content with Rashad White, Ramondre Stevenson, and Najee Harris, and have picked just nothing but wide receivers, quarterback, maybe a tight end in there mm-hmm. prior to this? Mm-hmm. Well, in this draft, I picked Chase, Garrett Wilson, Metcalf, Tyreek, and Diggs, and then I get Rashad White, Stevenson, and Harris as my running backs. Not too bad. And that's not to mention all the other running backs I'd be taking those rounds, like Brees and Kemba. Oh, not Kemba. Kenneth Walker. Sorry. I'm like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a person? <laughs> yeah. I just just added an NBA flavor. DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams. But uh, yeah, if I can take one of those top wide receivers and I end up with one of these running backs uh, towards the later end of next year's drafts, these are going to be, I mean, like I, I waited until the seventh round or the eighth round to pick my running back. I got Najee Harris. Yeah, you're fine. That's that's great to get there if you can actually get him at this point next year. Yeah, I'm just thinking about this season. I know none, none of those guys are like super exciting, but I'm also thinking about the stack wide receivers you would have. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I feel like I would be okay having those three running backs, even though you didn't have anybody super exciting, but you are going to have super, super exciting wide receivers. So I'd be okay with that. Totally different for me. I got to get away from like heavy running back early on just because the game has changed so much. I think there's a time and a place for everything. I think it isn't as black and white as it used to 
safety. Yeah. But I think you can still go RB early and be just fine because wide receivers are so deep. But at the same time, the later RBs can eventually, can potentially be RB2s all the time. So there's two sides to that coin. I think you can still play either side that it's a little bit overdramatized, the whole zero RB thing. But there is some credence to it because it isn't just the studs and duds at RB anymore. Yeah. Well, so my final pick in this mock draft, I literally had to close my eyes, hold my nose, not heave while doing it. Uh, I went Pooper Scooper Cooper here, Amari Cooper. Listen, I have admitted that he was on my do not draft and he was redeemed, but I still don't draft him. But he's fine. Like Amari Cooper goes out there week after week and he puts up fantasy points. So I wasn't going to not draft him in this section of draft. He is getting older, but he is a reliable wide receiver in Cleveland. So I kick myself every season if I'm playing in redraft for not picking him. Like there's no reason not to pick him. He's slightly younger than Diggs, slightly younger than Tyree Kill, but he's about the same age. And he's currently a wide receiver three. He's far less productive. So that's my argument more against him is that he's the same age as these guys who are top five at their position and he's a wide receiver three. He's good. So for me, there is a bunch of other players I would probably slide him down. Partially because I'm an Elijah Moore truther, I guess. Thinking that he's going to eventually be a little bit more than what he has been so far. And I'm also a Deshaun Watson hater. So that makes it really hard to like Pooper Scooper Cooper or formerly known as, I don't know, Cup and Adams and Keenan Allen still out there. I guess if you you like him, I guess he did just have one really good game recently. So if he continues what he did in week nine, which was 24 points every week this season, I have no argument with your selection. I don't, I want to clarify something. I don't like him. (laughs) This isn't about liking. This isn't, this is, this is about business right here. I do think that he's proven enough that he is worthy of being on a fantasy roster and being a starter. I just can't find a reason not to pick him here. Mm -hmm. I don't like him. Well, with my next selection, I passed on players who were averaging more than him, like Derrick Henry, Zach Moss, LOL, David Montgomery, and Kyron Williams, and selected Joe Mixon. He's slightly younger than these other guys who are 28 turning 29. He's 27 turning 28. And he's also been really good recently. He's also been an RB2, currently RB18 by average. He's coming off a 17-point game and a 20-point game and then the bye and then eh, it wasn't as pretty before then but the last couple games since the bye have been pretty good and it's the Bengals are getting better it's no longer Burrow calf strain Bengals it's Burrow with no calf strain Bengals so paid Burrow mm-hmm. they rearranged his contract thing where it seemed like they wanted to keep him around for two more years because they're paying him less than like what the franchise tag would be for next season if they keep him around so I kind of think Mixon will be back but there is a little bit of risk that they just cut loose with him if something uh, presents 
itself as an opportunity. But assuming that doesn't happen and he's still Joe Burrow's Bengals next year and Mixon is the RB1 for that team, it's certainly not Chase Brown, who is a popular rookie. Samaj P. Ryan has left town and proved that he was nothing. So <laughs> Another one of your faves, <laughs> P. Ryan. You just like saying his name. Yeah, it is It is uh, rather fun to say. P. Ryan. This is late for Joe Mixon. Yeah, very. As far as compared to where he's been going previously, he could go this or a little higher next year. I don't know if he'll go a ton higher, but he could go a little higher this next year. Doesn't Joe Mixon still have some impending legal issues? Uh, I thought everything was dismissed last I heard. There was some gun stuff in his neighborhood yeah. that his name was affiliated with, but in all reality, Mixon's, Mixon's good to go, okay. from what I can tell. I, I, had, I knew there was, and I hadn't heard an update on that, so it's quite possible it got dismissed. So That was part of my argument in the offseason. It was like Mixon still had this shadow over him from things that had been dismissed in court, Yeah, which maybe that shines a light on a possible character issue, concern, decision-making ability, concern, or something with Mixon for the future, but I don't think there's anything hanging over his head that's going to happen, at least at this point. Yeah. Okay. Well, that rounds out our 49 to 72 sexy middle group. Dang, you math that like a boss. I did. I was like, oh, I got to get this right this time. The thing about these type of players is there's a ton to talk about because there's so many Mm -hmm. angles you can look at. So even though it's a little gross and some of these picks are not super exciting, I do like the discussions that come up about these players. They're complex players to to talk Mm -hmm. about. Yeah, so many depends. We could have them be our sponsor. Oh, ba-bum-ching. So anyway, that rounds out this episode of the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. Stay tuned for the next, I'm going to let you do the math on this. So 73 through 96. Through 96. Yesterday, Nick said something about 300 players and I was like, I, I'm i actually giving you my resignation because I'm not talking about players <laughs> that far down the All line. Right. We're, we're not going that far, but <laughs> you're complaining about players 49 through 72 when we roster over 300 in all these leagues we're in. Like, these are the good ones. Like, you can puke all you want, but this is this is better than it's gonna be. <laughs> I know, and and listen, I will admit that I get, I get a little bored. Like, at this point, the next few draft rounds to come, I'm gonna be a little bit out on because I'm like, I don't want any of these players. <laughs> not excited at all. This is basically where no, it ends. You're not allowed to just have six person rosters with six copies of Amon. <laughs> why? That's, that's <laughs> not fair. <laughs> Fine, I'll take Laporta. <laughs> all right. Any other lions left? Oh, wait, there's a whole bunch of 49ers. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ranked Draft Trade Podcast, also known as the Nick and Noble Show for the week. And we hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true and that you can take this information and use it to make your fantasy team successful. We hope that you have peace, love, and prosper. <laughs> I started saying it and I was like, this isn't going to make a lick of sense, but whatever. I'm yeah. going with it. We, we certainly hope you have prosper. Night good. Night, yeah. <laughs> Listen, say it in a Yoda accent, okay? It's 1020 at night. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm talked out. But until next time. Mm, good night. I wish you have. <laughs>